Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome to the Purple Charm Experience, where I am your host, Chamira E. Fleming, but you can call me Mai. On today's episode, I'll share with you something that I use to stay focused on my goals throughout the year, and it's called My Mindset Framework, as well as something that I found pretty shocking about the romance novel industry. So, as always, I'll share with you my quote of the day and my sip of the week and a little bit of Prince history. So without further ado, let's dive right into this episode. My quote of the day. On this Sunday, let us take a few moments to stop and thank God for all of the beauty that is in this world. The author, unknown. I chose this particular quote because we are, of course, without saying, we are in a new year. This is the first Sunday of the new year, 2021. And I wanted us to, to remember what we need to be thankful for. You know, the things that we should be thankful for. We should never go a day without thanking a higher power, our God, you know, what it is that he has blessed us with um, and what we're thankful for, what we're grateful for. And so I just wanted to take this quote as a reminder and use it as a reminder for us not to forget, you know, because it's easily to get easy to get into a routine and to slip into, you know, the things that we do on a day-to-day basis and um, really just forget, you know, what um, the things that are important to us, the people who are important to us and what so much that we've lost in 2020. Um, there's so much that we can gain in 2021 by being thankful and grateful and remembering uh, to thank God, who, whoever you you believe in, if you believe Um, that you're thankful. And even if you're not, and you don't, um, just be uh, cognizant and and loving and caring to the people who are around you and share your love with the people around you. I will always, you know, say these things. I don't care if it becomes redundant or if it feels uh, cliche-ish that I'm saying these things um, because I want to drive it home because I think it's important that we, we constantly remember and give thanks because um, our blessings come from something higher than us. And uh, it, is, it is not um, on our own that we have made it this far. And so I just want to say thank you. Thank you to my, my Heavenly Father because I believe in um, a higher power. I believe in a God that has blessed me and um, I want to use my platform in this space and this time to say thanks. So with that, I just want to say thank you and I hope that you have a beautiful day. Hi everyone. I wanted to start this new year off with something awesome, something motivational. And I wanted to share this with you 
all because it is something that's near and dear to my heart. It's something that I use on a regular basis. And I thought it would be um, helpful and um, value adding to share with others what I do um, throughout the year to uh, stay focused on my goals. So I just want to share with you all some of my strategies for accomplishing my goals on a consistent basis. Um, recently, I sat down and began planning out what I wanted to do in 2021. That's I think that's where we all should start. Get a pen and pad, cut the music off, cut the TV off and sit down and start thinking about what it is that you want to do because you got to have a clear mind to uh to begin getting clarity on uh what's ahead of you and i just began brainstorming and made a list of you know some of my business and personal goals that i needed and wanted to go after this year and i think after having an idea of what's ahead of you it makes it a lot easier for you to see the overall vision of what you're trying to accomplish. And so, you know, one of the things I was thinking about when I was coming up with this is that I remember when I left my corporate job in 2018 and was beginning to think about, you know, starting and establishing Creative Calfaray. And I was thinking about, you know, the skills that I have and the things that I know that I've used in, you know, those corporate roles or jobs that I've had in the past um, for my performance. You know, I would think about the things I would use throughout the year to achieve my performance goals in those particular roles. And I thought, why not use that same type of, you know, framework, that same idea uh, in my, you know, and this new business that I'm creating for myself. Same idea. You know, just because I'm not working for, at that time, I was thinking just because I'm not working for a corporate entity doesn't mean it's not important for me to accomplish personal performance goals, you know, or performance goals that relates to this new business venture that I'm get about to start. So this kind of tease up our lines with the the motivate the m the motivate the and my so the m and my means to motivate if you just joining me or if you never heard of the my the my uh you know the what my means my means motivate aspire inspire this week i want to focus on the motivate piece in the coming weeks i will take a piece for you know the aspire and the inspire piece but i really wanted to hone in on the motivate piece because this is what you know gets us going the motivation is what drives you to to go after what those aspirational goals are what is it in within your mindset that's keeping you focused so that you can do those things so that you can make sure that you can execute and so um, I wanted to start off some start off this year with identifying my goals and needs, which I think, you know, which is the reason why I'm sharing it with you. I think it's important that we all begin to identify our goals and needs for the year and determining what that motivation is, what the motivation will be to allow you to accomplish those goals and needs throughout this year. And, um, 
So I started, like I said, I started by brainstorming and making a list of my goals. These goals will in turn turn into my SMART goals. And if you've never heard of SMART goals, it's something that's used. Um, and you know, if you work in a corporate environment, you hear SMART goals all the time as it pertains to your performance review and your performance goals, um, and career development, because it's something that you use throughout the year to help you accomplish whatever it is that you need to accomplish within your particular job or role. And uh, you'll be given a particular objectives that not only will help the division or organization that you're working for. So my division was finance. I would have my objectives and goals that would pertain to the that department, but then also corporate goals and objectives that related to my performance that help to achieve the overall corporate goals. Then I had my personal goals, my personal perform individual performance goals that I needed to achieve throughout the year. And that's what kind of what I wanted to use when it came to the motivation piece for the my mindset. So these goals are set up in a way um, so that you are able to reach them. You set specific, the smart means specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-based goals. You set these goals up because you want it to be specific to whatever your goal is, your need is. You want it to be measurable. Say you, it's like for me, say I'm my, one of my goals is to uh, get my sales up to sell more books. So I'm going to be specific about what I'm going to do to, you know, increase my, my book sales. And then how I measure it, measure it is by looking at the KPIs or key performance indicators that show if I'm meeting whatever goals that is, that may be, I'm going to sell 20 books this month and looking at the, the sales, um, KPIs and my, my Amazon, um, 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 reports to see if I'm meeting those goals. Um, then you have to make sure that whatever those goals are set, are they attainable? Does it make sense? Don't set goals that's outside of what you plan on doing. So if you, if you plan on reaching a goal of say, um, you know, whatever it is that you do, say you want to do make sales as 10, $10,000 or $20,000, over the over the the next six months you know don't set your goal to be a hundred thousand dollars if you don't think you're gonna attain it you know or if it's something else something smaller if it's you know say you want to uh take a course you know a particular course that's gonna you know support you in your your role where you are at work um do you think you can enroll in that do you think you can get the certification so say you wanted to get your project management um, certification. Is it something that you can do within six months to a year? Don't set something up that you can't attain because you, when you, if you don't meet that goal, it's going to deter you. It's going gonna, it's gonna to work against you. So you don't want to do that. And then it has to be relevant. Is it relevant to whatever the goal is? And is it is time-based? So you give yourself six months to a year to get it done. You know, 
the goals that I'm setting for this year, I'm giving myself six months to the year to get it done. Like for writing my third book, the goal was to get it done earlier last year, but it took me all of last year to get it done because of COVID. It was like a lot of things that came up. So I had to be mindful that you may not necessarily get it done. Um, you know, if it is, if it does require you to pivot and make a, you know, a change, make sure it's within the realm or within the confines of whatever the goal is and the, what you're trying to do. If it's not something that you think you can attain within the year's time or however long the, 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 the basis of time you set, don't set it up for you to, for the goal to work against you. Set it up so that you can be successful with it. It's, it's basically what I'm trying to say. Okay. And then, um, and what happens is, is as you reach these goals and uh, accomplish them, it would be very gratifying for you. So this will in turn boost your confidence and it will keep you motivated, keep you motivated to keep going, you know, and that's what you want. You want something that's going to keep you motivated so you can continue to go. Once you complete a, a particular goal, all right, it's time to move on to the next thing. You know, and you just keep showing up and showing out for yourself. And then by the end of the year, you have so much to show for everything that you, you know, set out to do. You know, say you had five goals that you set out to do. You hit them all this year and then you just realize, oh, I just started adding in new things that I thought that I was going to, you know, it's going to take me years down the road to do. But I just had the time and I was able to get it done and I got it done. That's what you want. So start with your smart goals and then um, also um, as you're using your smart goals, add in positive affirmations, use your prayer and meditation to keep your focus and energy aligned with your goals. Um, For me, I use these things daily. I, I love, you know, positively affirming what I'm trying to, you know, affirming myself that I can do something that this is for me. This is why I'm here. And then, um, trying to keep my vibrations, you know, vibrating at a high frequency, because when you pause and when you in a positive frequency, you attract positivity to you. The law of attraction is real. And I completely believe in it. And I think when you are around low vibrations, that's when you get into all kinds of negative, negative negativity coming to you, coming at you. And I don't, you know, I try not to um, allow myself to get in a low vibrational level. So if you do these things, I think if you do this, you will start to see the things that you're asking for and the things that you're working towards and Um, going after within your goals that you will start to see them manifest and it'll make sense but these are the things that I I try to start off the year with um, and and I work towards throughout the year to stay consistent with myself and keeping myself accountable for what I said I was going to do and I think if you you know if you apply this stuff within your life you can make some of these these uh um positively make things happen for yourself as well and you'll see you know some of the things that you want manifesting too 
And um, I just wanted to share that with you. Like I said, over the next couple of weeks, I'll share with you the aspirational piece and the inspirational piece, what you do in those uh, in that particular piece of the framework. But I wanted to kick off 2021 by focusing on the motivation piece, because what's motivating you and what's driving you is what's going to get you through the year. And we all need something that is going to be on us, kicking us, pushing us to be accountable for whatever goal it is that we set for the year so that we can get it done, accomplish it, get it done. And we can look back at the end of the year and say, yep, I started that started this year saying I was going to do that. And I am proud to say that I did it and got it done. So with that, I hope that you find some value in, in this piece of the motivate, aspire, inspire my, my mindset framework. And that, uh, that you're off to a great start for 2021. Hi guys, this week, my sip of the week is, and don't laugh, it's water, just plain water or sparkling water. I feel like this week I wanted to choose um, water because I think that we need to get back to being clear. I think we need some clarity and we're starting a new year. So I wanted to give you something that I know that all of us need. We can't survive without it. Yes, it's great to have a great cocktail. It's wonderful to have a a great wine or a sip that, um, you know, that we can relax to and kick back to. But um, with all of the, the celebrating over the last week and a half, two weeks with, uh, the holidays or whatnot, I feel like it was perfect just to get back to one and and focus on uh, what we need to get our bodies uh, fleshed out and um, cleared out. And it helps us to get our mind clear. And the one thing that I can think of is water. So I hope that you would join me in drinking more water as we get into the new year and uh focus on um just you know clearing out and detoxing all of the things that we have partake taken in and 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 sipped on and eaten over the holidays and just cleanse ourselves and start fresh and anew so once again this week is uh water for my sip of the week and of course i'll be back uh with something delicious and and refreshing for you in the next episode but this week i wanted to focus on something that we all need and should be drinking more of and that is water so have a good day Hi, everyone. So right now I wanted to get into something that I found so shocking about the romance novel industry. Um, And maybe it's not necessarily shocking for anyone else. But as a romance author, um, I thought it was, you know, I didn't realize that this was going on. And it's something that I really wanted to discuss today. So what it is that I didn't realize that was happening was I didn't realize that there was such a gap 
with finding romance novels for, uh, for that have characters over the age of 40. Um, and not just any novel, uh, with older characters. I don't want your, your cheesy grandma, grandma, grandpa types that are like frail, falling apart, you know, but some realistic characters that readers want to see their, sink their teeth into. And, you know, apparently there's a number of readers out there, um, that feel like <laughs> there's a lack of really great books, um, with characters that have, uh, um, the books that have characters over the age of 40, you know, I read an article where one lady was saying that she's sick of reading, you know, about 20, 30 somethings, just starting out with marriage or finding their first love and all, you know, all of that. And, you know, I can, I can sympathize with that. Although I am not (laughs) in, you know, the, the category of, you know, someone who is single or anything like that, but I can get why this reader was, you know, tired of reading like stories like that. Cause as an author, um, before I was an author, I was a reader of romance novels and I got tired of, you know, reading stories that were about, um, people who are in a mid to twenty, early to mid twenties and, um, some, you know, virgins and, never have, uh, been in a relationship before and not really understanding the nuances and changes of, you know, being in a relationship. And, um, so I get it and it made sense. And as an author now, you know, although I have two novels out now, soon to be three, please keep your eyes open for that. It will be coming soon. Um, one of the things that I kind of, I guess I could pride myself on is that none of my characters are under the age of 30. Um, if anything, they, the first, the first book was written about characters who were, one was just turning 30 and she was just coming to her own and realizing what her purpose was. And like, and then the other books they're in their mid to upper thirties, um, well, the third book, they're in the mid to upper thirties. And then the this third book, um, the, uh, second book, they were in their, um, forties. So I think the cool thing about my books is that my characters are between the ages of 30 and 45. And now that I know that there is a demand, <laughs> Um, I feel like I can have the create the, you know, the opportunity to write more stories that are, that connect with people who are over the age of 45, maybe in their fifties, um, or sixties, you know, um, I actually have a story in mind where I was going to do something where it focused on the characters where they were in their youth. But now that I think about it, maybe I'm maybe I will focus on them at the later age and have them have like flashbacks and from their youth. So, um, it just, it just, I feel like the opportunity is so broad, but I just didn't realize that there was a, a desire for people who are 
older that want to read more stories that relate to their demographic. And I think it's important that um, as romance authors that you have the range to be able to write stories that speak to the uh, the range of your demographic of who who's reading your stories because just because you're writing about 20 something year olds doesn't mean that you don't have people who are older that are reading that stuff yeah they may enjoy you as an author that they but they also may hope or wish that you wrote something that was um more uh, aligned or catered to what they may be going through or what they would want to read you know um I noticed that there are a lot of period pieces about being in about being um uh um um, in in Brit- Great Britain and like the Victorian era and and uh, things like that, or you know, um, and that's cool. <laughs> but you know, if you're gonna write about that, and those those stories are always written about young women who are maybe in a early twenties or or whatnot. And they never write about, you know, women who may be um, of a mature age that are falling in love during that time. So I just think it shows, you know, whether or not you have the range, just like movies, you got to be able to have a range to be able to speak to different demographics, you know, you see uh, the range of an of an actress or a director on based on the types of movies that they come out with. The same thing for a writer. Do you have a range to be able to tell a story that can speak to someone who's in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s? Do you have that range? And uh, your book should reflect, you know, the people who are reading your stories. And so I hope to be able to do that one day. I mean... Just reading and, and, and talking about this reminds me of my one of my favorite rom-com movies called Something's Gotta Give with Diane Keaton and Jack Nicholson. And for me, you know, if you've never seen that story, seen that movie, first of all, you need to check it out. And second of all, I love it because, you know, it reminds you that love and romance is for everyone and we all deserve to get it have it experience it and just because you are older it does not mean that you have stopped loving or forgot what it feels like to be in love you're not dead and gone (laughs) and you know and just because you're older um it does yeah it doesn't mean it's it's gone like you you can't experience love i mean their love and their romantic opportunities and experiences still and desires still exist, even as you're you're aging. And so I think for me as an author, it's finding a way to be able to make these books just as fun and sexy as the novels that focuses on 20-somethings or early 30-somethings. Um, but it shouldn't be that too off you know too far off of me I feel like because or of a stretch for me I think because you know I write from my age and perspective 
And um, plus, I know people around me who are older, who are in love, that have found love and who have gone through the ups and downs of being in relationships and and things like that. And so um, I think it's easier for me to be as an observer of someone who is of other people that I know that are older than I am um, to be able to write their, you know, write stories that reflect you know what they've been through in in relationships and so plus I think that you know writing from an older an older character's perspective it's just as fun as writing from someone who was young or remembering what it was like when you were young you know um because I think with older characters they have you know more layers of life experiences to pull from and they can be um, just as gorgeous and handsome with flaws too. You know, there are a number of beautiful, um, older individuals, you know, gracing this, this beautiful earth that, you know, planet we call earth. And if we're writing about 20 somethings who are gorgeous or whatnot, what do you think? <laughs> what do you think that they look like when they get older? They don't all of a sudden look like Quasimodo. because they got older um but also you can also write about people who have you know genuine flaws or you know don't have to always be drop dead gorgeous there can be certain things about them that not necessarily as what we would call beautiful or but it's something that is attractive that makes them unique that makes um, they're flawed, gorgeous in a, in another way. And so I just bring that up because I found it interesting to that, um, <laughs> that there is a, 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 a need or at least a desire for more books that are romance novels that are written about characters over the age of 40. And I hope to, um, be able to bridge that gap. And, um, if you are one of my readers, I pray and hope that you you enjoy the journey with me. So um, I hope you enjoyed this discussion. I thought it was very necessary and cool to talk about. And um, if you are an older listener to this podcast and maybe an older, you know, someone who is older reading some of my books, I would love to get your feedback on um, what you are looking for when you um, pick up a romance novel. And uh, if it was something that was written to align with the things that you see, um, as romantic. What are you looking for? What do you want to see? Um, feel free to drop me a line. You can email me at creativecalfaray, uh, at gmail.com or, uh, shoot me a DM on any of my social media, uh, pages. I will definitely engage and respond. Um, yeah, let's have a discussion. I think it'd be cool. And I would love to write something that speaks to what you would love to read. Hi guys. So right now I want to get into my, one of my favorite parts of the podcast um, episode, which is where I share with you a little bit of Prince history. This is my favorite part of the show because it allows me, I believe, the opportunity to be able to remember 
um, the incredible genius of Prince. Um, he was an amazing artist. And um, I just realized that, you know, there's going to come a time where there are going to be people who do not know who he was or will be able to experience this man's genius like, you know, some of us have that have grew up with uh, knowing him and, you know, listening to his music and and all that good stuff. And so I just want to always be able to, you know, pay tribute to him through this, these little, these little, uh, these little history nuggets. And so with that said, if you've never heard of Prince, Prince is a Minnesota, was a Minnesota based singer, songwriter, musician, studio engineer, actor, director, dancer, and music legend. Over his nearly 40 year career, he sold more than 100 million albums. He also won seven Grammys and an Oscar. He was the main creator of the Minneapolis Sound, a blending of rhythm and blues, funk, rock, pop, punk, and new wave that defined the music of the 1980s. And so uh, I wanted to uh, talk about one of my favorite albums. Um, it is called the Crystal Ball album, and it was released on January 29th, 1998. And this is one of Prince's uh, 20th, this is Prince's 20th full length studio album. It contained three albums lasting 50 minutes a piece. And um, there were two additional albums that was attached to this album called uh, The Truth and um, um, Kama Sutra. And they were, I mean, this, this, now these, this album has like a ton of great songs on it, but I love it because you get like these glimpses of Prince's personality. Um, it was like one of these first, one of the first album, you know, compilation albums that he did that had like music from the vault, the Prince vault. And so, um, you have like this, this mixed bag of like cool music, some of it from like the eighties, some of it from the nineties. And what I did find is that, um, all of it is made up of music from the eighties and the nineties. The one album that was, um, there was one album on there that was recorded in March, 1983, which is one of my favorites called chlorine bacon skin. Um, so <laughs> I, before I get into chlorine bacon skin, I just want to say, you know, a part of me wished that I could have gotten a chance to meet Prince because he, I feel like he had like this incredible humor and personality about him because when you listen to, when you listen to some of these songs that's on this, on this album, um, you get to really see his personality and humor come through. For instance, two of my favorite tracks on the album, um, and there's a ton of songs, but two of them that I love it to listen to over and over is movie star and chlorine bacon skin. And I love him because he just acts so silly in those songs. Um, he's making up these little voices and, um, like a couple of them you hear, um, like if you've listened, if you listen to like some of the background noise and stuff from like 
uh, the Graffiti Bridge album or like Love Sexy album, you hear him say like these little, you hear him talking in the background as if it was somebody else, but it's really him. And, but these songs, he's like front and center. And I just really think it's a cool just to hear him act up and be silly. Uh, because you all, we always saw like a serious, you know, serious musician, you know, whenever we saw him, he would cut up every now and then, but you really didn't see him get loose. Um, I felt like one of my favorite interviews that he did, uh, was the one that he did when he went to, uh, Jay Leno's TV show, um, one on the late night TV show. And I thought it was just so cute because he played, he did a, he, he played a practical joke on, uh, Jay Leno on that episode. And so I really love these moments when we get to see, or we, you know, back in the day when we get to see him just being himself and being, you know, silly and, um, just human for, <laughs> for lack of a better term. And so on Chlorine Bacon Skin, I love it because it's got Prince playing on bass and it's got um, Morris Day playing the drums and they're just jamming. It's like it was really literally supposed to be a jam session, but they were, he was cutting up um, while, you know, just talking junk <laughs> while he was uh, while they was playing this song. And I just thought it was really cool. Um and then also with this this particular album, the marketing, the way he did the marketing was just like super dope. Like were we doing like pop up shops and stuff like an online now, he was doing that way back in the day. He did basically did a pop up and was like, you know, for his fans who pre ordered the album, they was able to order the album online. And on over the phone through a line called 1-800-NEW-FUNK. And uh, online, he has a, a specific website just for the album. And then, of course, it disappeared. After he was ready to pull it down, he just pulled him down. And so, um, yeah, I just think this, this album was a really cool album. He has some really dope tracks on here, like Don't Play With Me, where he's basically letting you know don't don't cross them don't don't pull no no jazz what don't don't start none won't be none kind of thing with him um on that track and then the other one I love is man in uniform it's just like it's just a really cool fun song where he's talking about a lady who um uh who's been seeing this man in a uniform and how she just loves like she has a thing for a man in uniform and like he don't mind dressing up in the uniform because uh he loves it when she comes around because that's what she likes and so it's just like really fun songs like that on this album and um if you never heard it before I think it is definitely one of those those albums you should check out um it's, it's on Apple Music for sure I know because um I've listened to it there, but I, I actually have the the CDs um, and, uh, you know, in my, my home collection. And so, yeah, I just wanted to bring this one up. I thought it would be a fun um, little bit of Prince history to share with you guys. And uh, if you've never heard of it, please check it out. Um, um, I think you would enjoy it. And uh, yeah. 
shout out to Prince. Rest in peace, rest in love, rest in the power. Hey guys, I just want to say thank you for joining me on this episode of the Purple Charm Experience. If you enjoyed this podcast, please continue to support by subscribing and also join me each and every time I post a new episode. Not to mention to share it with your friends and family because they also need to enjoy this experience too. So with that being said, I just want to say thank you again and I'll see you next time on the Purple Charm Experience.